You're listening to Listen More with Paige Crystal Wilcox. This is a podcast where I listen to people from around the world tell me what they would like to see less and more of in character depictions of people like themselves. What I like to do for this podcast is to let each guest introduce themselves. So without further ado, today's guest is... Dr. Dr. Tim Ferguson. Yes, uh, I'm a uh, comedian, a writer, a film director, teacher of comedy for writing for the screen, and recently writing for stand-up comedy. And that's something else will occur to me. Oh, yes, and I write the Ferguson Report in the newdaily.com.au, which I've just sent off. I've been writing it every Friday for nearly five years. It's withering political satire. It's withering. So that's what I do. Thank you so much for introducing yourself. Oh, Paige, it was great to take the weight off your shoulders. I feel so much lighter. I've been very excited to chat to you for, for quite a while. I knew that you'd have very valuable insight on this specific topic. In terms of whatever type of media you want to talk about, when you see yourself reflected in media, is there anything in particular that pisses you off? The first thing is, uh, I've got multiple sclerosis, so I'm in a wheelchair because my my legs don't work very well. My left arm is fairly useless. The symptoms uh, oscillate, or they used to. It'd get better. It'd come and go. They call it relapsing, remitting MS. Uh, Whereas here today, gone tomorrow, like an Australian prime minister, fingers crossed. So quite often, because not many people, even neurologists don't understand MS, the media in an interview, say, are always ready to catastrophize the whole thing. It's like, so tell us about your MS. Uh, The diagnosis must have been very difficult. No, not really. I was diagnosed. I went, ah, great. Now I know all these different symptoms come from the same place. So my my vision or the legs and the arm and buzzing and ringing and zapping and burning and all those things. So it all comes from my tiny little brain. If we can find the brain, we can fix it. Of course, they don't like that because they'd rather hear that being diagnosed was perhaps the worst day of my life. But I went straight from being told to be diagnosed to being grumpy for about an hour because, oh, shit, this is going to get in the way of things. And then immediately spent the rest of the afternoon planning what I was going to do. And now I'm doing it. So it does annoy me that when, you know, people with any kind of disability are spoken to in the media, it's always as if that the disability is the driving force in their life. Uh, Most people with a disability, unlike those people who can say, I identify as non-gender binary or identify as a gay person or uh, firstly as, you know, a person of Greek origin, whatever it might be, people with disabilities quite often will do the opposite, where they will say, my disability does not define me. I refuse to let my letter, which is D, actually define me in any way. And I would rather people talk about what I can do, what I will bring to a project than um, than my supposedly capital I identity. This is why in real life, page when I go to meetings with government bodies, they're always the worst, where they say, everybody come and have a disability meeting. The first time I went to this, I thought, this is great. And I thought, hang on, what is it called? No, it's not actually disability, was it? It's called inclusion. And I turn up 
And it's a room full of LGBTQIA people, people of a very narrow bandwidth of uh, cultures, ethnic uh, identities, and of course, race. And I was the only person with disability. Now, there were at least 20 people in this supposedly diverse group. And I realized the one thing that's missing here is they've got the numbers wrong. People with disability, PWD as they call them, have all the numbers. Over 20% of the population are eligible for being described as a person with a disability. So to be the only person out of 20 seemed a bit silly when really there should have been five people with disabilities. It's impossible to disagree with you on that point when you bring those figures into it. I'm launching a campaign this year because I'm a bit tired of uh, hearing about, you know, all of the groups, all of the identities. Um, uh, there was an episode of Q&A on the other night that was about whether Shakespeare is still relevant or not. This is an hour of television going around Australia talking about something that is nowhere near as important as what I'm about to talk about next year. And what I'm going to talk about is fuck Shakespeare, do as much Shakespeare as you like. But in the meantime, 50%, 50% of that 20% of Australians suffer permanent unemployment. They should put some running shoes on and start looking at who really needs their help. And there are three groups. One of them is the homeless people. I never hear about them on Q&A. I never see them sitting on Q&A being asked, for their opinion. And of course, people in abject poverty, and they are everywhere. There are people with disabilities who cover both of those groups. I know I sound like I'm angry about it, but that's because I'm angry about it. I'm sick and fucking tired. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say the word tired. I'm sick and fucking exhausted of hearing people talking about the wrong things when really there is an elephant in the room and it's got to be dealt with. And there is no, there is no need for patience, uh, no need for politeness, no need for listening. This revolution has to happen whether people want it or not. And I don't care how employers or government feel about it. That's this year you're launching into that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's going to be, uh, well, for the rest of my life, I think. Bring, bringing it back to media, though. Yeah, bring it back to media. Are there some particular storylines or traits or ideas around people with disability that you would like to see more of in film and TV? Well, <laughs> yeah. I did, a, I did a workshop with a group called Mind Frame. I hope I've got the name right. I think it is. And it was quite a while ago. And it was a workshop at a screenwriters conference which is, you know, if you don't want to get laid, go to a screenwriter's conference. If you're just not in the mood, if you just don't feel like sex, even though you drink a lot, you just go to a screenwriter's conference. Lovely people, but just the most useless human beings. The idea of the, of the session was for Mindframe to explain that a lot of the time people with disabilities, mental illness in particular, suffer the same storyline. So someone can come on a serial drama, people call them soapies, or in a movie or in a TV series, for example, um, Ozark, the third series of Ozark, where 
uh, Laura Linney's character's brother turns up and he's got some sort of depression, whatever it is. Uh, they turn up and everything's great and everything's wonderful and everybody loves them. And then secondly, they have a hiccup and it's like, oh, all he did was spill his coffee, yet he does seem to have really roused on those people. Then that goes away. Uh, then the character usually goes off their meds and then the character becomes violent. And as they said, you know, the problem with this is that it doesn't matter if you have bipolar, depression, schizophrenia, paranoia, whatever medical, mental illness condition you have, it's the same storyline. And so they deal with the issue. And they can say, oh, we're dealing with the issue. But what they're doing is they're telling the same story about the issue, which is any mental illness will end up in disaster with violence, with someone with a knife to someone's throat shouting at the cops. We've all been there. Uh, well, I mean, you know, that's the only way I spend my weekends. So I think that is something, if there is a screenwriter listening, and they would because you've got lots of fans, there's a screenwriter listening. If you're going to deal with mental illness, take the violence and the breakdown out of it or start there and show the story of renewal and redemption. Otherwise, get out of the pool because you're telling the same damn story. Series three of Ozark is ruined by the brother going through exactly those steps. And it's only disability. It's only a mental illness, for Christ's sake. People with mental illness, like anyone else, are perfectly employable because like anybody else, there are days that they will have to take off because they're not well. You've had the flu. It can be much the same thing where it's just people know that they're not on top of things, so they just don't go to work. Same thing for those, you know, herpes people. I'm sure herpes people have difficult days where they just go, I can't go to work. I don't know how herpes works. You've got me wondering now. Right. Yeah, there's an excuse that you can't tell your boss. You just have to say, hey, hey, I feel a bit poorly, whereas you're feeling actually herpified. I would be interested to see a boss's face when they get that information from someone about why they're taking a day off because of being herpified. Sorry, that was just a side note there. Well, and I think there are a lot of them out there. So the boss might say, oh, my God, so am I. It's very popular, I hear. But why else would people go to nightclubs? I've just, like, lost my train of thought. Get it together, Get it together. So coming back to the topic, if a writer was to see a disabled person and be like, oh, I want to write a disabled person. Is there a right way perhaps or a wrong way to consult with that random person they've seen in the street? Ah, uh, yes. Cultural appropriation. That's what you're talking about. Seeing someone who's having a different experience to you and, you know, doing a bit of research and putting them into your narrative as a character. There's been a recent bout of people who say that we shouldn't do this for other cultures, that uh, you can't write about the experience of, say, a Syrian refugee unless you are a Syrian refugee. These people haven't seen Star Wars, an enormously successful film franchise written and devised by a man who did not grow up on a distant, dusty planet far, far away a long time ago with robots 
in his house. Uh, so when it comes to writing about people with disabilities, people should feel free to appropriate that story however they want. There is no responsibility to people with disabilities, apart from, you know, ideally not to do what I was talking about before. The only responsibility is to say something new, say something original and tell a story that ideally hasn't been told before. It doesn't have to work out well for the person with disabilities. Davros in Doctor Who was in a wheelchair. Nobody said, oh, we have a, you know, go easy on Davros, the creator of the Daleks. Go easy on him because, you know, uh, not only did he have a mother, but also uh, he's in a wheelchair. We have to be able to go beyond the disability to say, okay, here's a character who's blind. She is also an irritating cow. Because at the end of the day, you're not saying all blind people are irritating cows, although I want to see the research. But you're just saying this character has this limitation. They can't see anything. But they're human. They've got a personality. Um, they have difficulties, my students, uh, writing about uh, young female characters because, you know, unless they've been one, they're not quite sure what to say. And if they have been one, they don't want people to get the wrong impression by saying, oh, well, all young women must be like this. So they make them, and here is the word, if you ever see it in a character description, you know you're dealing with one of these people. They call them sassy. Dominique is a sassy teenage girl. No nonsense. It's like, what does that even mean? What's sassy? That's sort of what's sarcastic and sniping. Or is sassy that she's witty and likes wordplay? Or sassy in the sense that she's rebellious? But they kind of, they're very different meanings of sassy. My thing is pick one and exaggerate it, you idiots. And same thing with disabilities. It's okay to have a character with a disability who is also a mouthy controlling prick because it's about being controlling it's got nothing to do with the fact that they're wearing a hearing aid but people go very gently so quite often I go to meetings where they say and so Tim you've got a disability so how do you think this character should be portrayed it's like well however the writer wants I don't sit and watch a film where someone's in a wheelchair and say, they better be careful because I don't want people getting the wrong impression or walking out saying, I hate people in wheelchairs. I think the audience is smarter than government funding bodies think. So, yeah, culturally appropriate the whole thing. And I'm an old white man. You know, what am I, 58? I'm white. I'm many other things. But so everything I say can be appropriated. You know, because anybody can depict an old white man as, you know, being a neo-Nazi. Nobody walks out and saying, oh, yeah, but so, they, you know, those old white men, they've done a lot for us, you know, financially. They still did build the Harbour Bridge. We are going to have to wrap up. I'm trying to keep them short and snappy, not sassy, to just make them more accessible. Quick information yeah, to give them a little bit of insight and then they can go a little bit further and do put in a bit more effort. So are they creative people that it's going out to? Yeah, ma mainly people who create content, 
more specific within that people who really want to create content with diverse characters, but they're scared of walking on eggshells or they just don't know what to do. They're wondering, you know, do they need to bring in a committee? I'll answer those questions. You may be interested in us, maybe interested in a certain identity, whatever it might be, or getting a bunch of them in there. And these days, you know, if you want to get uh, uh, a TV network to talk to you, it's always a good idea to have a variety of, you know, diverse whatevers. Um, if you're worried about treading on their toes, don't be. Uh, you don't have to consult with them. It's called the internet. It's called Google research. Uh, and you'll be able to find all sorts of info, say, about multiple sclerosis. And lots of people who've gone and bitched and moaned about whatever they're experiencing. And you can use that in your scripts. And also you can use your, what's that word? Oh, yeah, imagination. Use your freaking imagination. Stop pussyfooting around and make sure that you that you are not trying to improve the lot of anybody. You're trying to tell a story with people and people are not perfect. Mother Teresa apparently was a controlling cow. So tell a story about real people who just happen to be LGBTQIA+. You forgot oh, yeah, the D. Or D. Yeah, those D people. And the thing is that the outer shell of these characters, um, unless it's really part of the story, should be secondary. Because if you're making their identity the most important thing in your life, say, you know, they're gay and that's the most important thing in their life, then you haven't spent time with gay people. Because apart from, you know, fucking, they do other stuff as well. Well, thank you very much for imparting your wisdom for for an eager audience. I know there'll be people who are very interested and perhaps some people who will be offended, which is always interesting for me. Sort of, of course. Um, you know, knock yourself out. If you're going to be offended about stuff, it's because you walked in and offence was in your back pocket and you were waiting for a particular topic, and then you went, right, that's it, I'm pressing the button, I'm offended. Um, if you are offended, just relax and enjoy being offended, uh, knowing that my intention was clear and simple and benign. Um, how you react to the intention, um, how the impact affects you is all on you. You have to think, what is the intention? What's the impact? They're two different things. Trust me, I've been doing this for a long time. And if I wanted to offend you, I would have charged you money and you'd be buying a ticket to my comedy show. <laughs>